You know what it is. It's Pastor Talk. And today we have Pastor Tim and uh, myself, Pastor Joe. Um, today we're talking about faith. And uh, and so let's get into it. I, faith is one of those things that is, I think, really misunderstood. And we, we throw it around, uh, the word around, meaning a lot of different things. Where are we going to start? Hebrews 11. The faith chapter. Yeah, the hall of faith, as many call it. Starts with, now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And then it goes on to list a lot of people in the Old Testament that exhibited faith. And uh, the, the one really interesting thing that I always find about faith is people often say faith and what they're really meaning is belief. And when they say belief, they, it, they use faith and belief interchangeably. But what we can see throughout Hebrews 11, if you read it, everybody is doing an action, right? So faith is an action word. If you have belief, if you have true belief, you know, everybody uses the chair analogy, right? If I believe that uh, this chair will hold me up, I'm sitting in a chair right now, then I would have faith that results in me sitting on the chair, right? Right. And if you don't truly believe that uh, the chair will hold you up, then you're not going to have faith in it and, and sit in it. But your faith is not demonstrated until you have an action. And faith is not a one-time act. You know, we think about, I have faith. That's why I accept Christ. And so now I'm just done. I don't need any faith anymore. No, but the Bible says we live by faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7, not by sight. So what does it mean to live by faith? I think that means that we are driven by our faith. And so we remember the faith we have in Christ that guides us every day. So if we wake up and our feelings are telling us one thing, that God doesn't exist, I don't want to read my Bible, or, you know, the world around me is crushing, God doesn't care for me, all these things that can plague us and our emotions start to get the better of us, then we are grounded in our faith. Okay, no, I believe what the Word of God says. I believe that God is for me, not against me. I believe that, uh, you know, I, I need to pray, I need to read my Bible, I'm going to be grounded in the things I know I'm supposed to do, instead of being driven by my emotions. And faith is not a nebulous term where, I have faith in whatever. It's just blind faith. No, we have actual faith in the word of God, that God is who he says he is. And so it's not just we just take anything and everything and we just have faith in it. Uh, it it's much more than that. It's that we believe in God, that he is who he says he is, and we don't understand everything. And so because we don't understand everything, faith helps bridge the gap between, between what we know and what God knows, which is a huge gap. But we have the Bible, we have a rooting of scripture. And then from there, there's still many things we don't know or that we don't need to know to trust in God. We have all that we need to believe in God, but then we have faith for those things that we don't see yet and that we believe God for. And if you look at Hebrews 11, we have uh, Noah, right? So he was warned about the flood by God. God came to him, told him about it, and he what? He had faith that what God said was true, right? Abraham, God comes to him and promises him this, this, uh, this huge promise that uh, he will become a great nation, that the world will be blessed through him and all these different things, that he would have a son. And his faith was in what God said. And so, lots of times when people 
you know, pray and faith and different things. There's things in our life that God did not say to us, right? He did not promise us. So just you believe hard enough, right? That's not, that's not having faith. That's just like throwing a, uh, a, uh, you know, a coin in a wishing well. Like, if God didn't say something, just because you're willing it and believing for it to happen, doesn't mean that it's going to happen. Now, when we do pray, we trust in God's character. We trust in what he's done in the past, and we have faith that he is who he says he is, that every word of the Bible is true. And so, when we pray, we take hold of the promises that God has given us, um, not some nebulous thing that that we want, right? God is not a genie. He's not a wishing well. And so, uh, when we have faith, just like these people in the Bible, that Abraham didn't have the word of God yet. He had, he had nothing. God literally appeared to him, gave him a few words of promise, and then he held on to that, right? That was his uh, action of faith. That was his faith. And um, that's, the, that's the example with um, all these people. So, these people are all acting out of what they already know that God is and the promises that he has already given. And so, that's how we should uh, behave towards faith. You know, there are times when God will specifically tell us something, right? Through prayer and you feel that God is leading you in a certain way. Um, and then you are to walk in that in faith, right? Every single word of the Bible, they, we say we believe everything in the Bible, but our lives will oftentimes tell a different story that we're not actually putting our faith in what the Bible says, that we're not actually believing every single word that God is who he says he is. And so, um, I think in your own life, right, in the last couple of years, you've kind of had uh, some different steps of faith that God has taken you through. Did you want to say something about that? Yeah, for me, you know, it was, it was a job change, it was getting out of my comfort zone in many different ways. And I think faith leads to, should lead to action, right? If we have faith in God, we're going to do what God tells us. We're going to obey his commands. And so, if God is moving upon you to do something, if God is putting you down a road, we walk by faith. When we talk about walking by faith, it's really just one step at a time. It's not that we see the whole path in front of us. It's that, okay, I know the next step. And so, I trust that God is leading me down this path. I'm listening to him clearly. And for me, you know, uh, sometimes we have to make decisions in the moment, but I try to uh, pray about big decisions for sure. I try to go before other people that have wisdom and I try to make sure that if I know it's God, then I will jump in. I, I did a, a sermon at the beginning of the year called Jump in the Water. It's it's the fact that if I know God is for me, if I know this is where he's leading me, then I'm going to jump in the water feet first without any worry because I know God is for me, even if I don't see the result of the path I'm walking down. And for me, leaving a job that I was at for many, many years was, uh, was a risk. It was something that maybe didn't make sense according to the world. And when you do the numbers and crunch the numbers, it doesn't look like something that is something you should do. But because I knew God was leading me down that path, I had faith that I could trust him even if I didn't see what, where that path would lead. And there's been just an amazing blessing upon my life by doing that, which I didn't see, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. And when we look back upon our life at the open doors we've walked down, then we get to see God's hand upon us, which we don't see in the moment. It's kind of murky, kind of cloudy when you walk through a door. 
that in it, you don't get to see the next 10 doors down the road, but you just take that step of faith knowing that God uh, will be with you. And I think when we talk about walking by faith, what do you, what have you seen in your life, Pastor Joe, as far as walking by faith? What does that mean on a daily basis? Practically for people listening, what kind of steps can they take? Well, before I answer that question, I wanted to, I wanted to finish uh, talking to you about your story because um, you talk about, you know, these things that happened, you know, job change and different things, but that didn't happen all at once. Right. You didn't, one day God didn't just tell you, hey, you need to quit your job, go into full-time ministry, write this book, do all these different things, right? I mean, yeah. it was it was uh, several years of taking one step at a time. I mean, what was the first yeah. thing for you? Was it uh, was it starting the blog or was it writing the book? What, what was the first thing? I mean, that? I can think even before that here at LifePoint, leading a small group you know, uh, giving an offering message up on stage. Like those were things at the time I'm like, oh my goodness, how can I do this, right? That's a big step for me. But then I, I did them and those were, I, I consider that in my life training grounds for more. You know, when I started blogging, when I started writing, uh, those were also training grounds for full-time ministry, which I didn't see at the time. I was just being faithful to where I was being called, never with the intention of being a pastor, ever. Like that was completely out of my mindset. I was thinking maybe I was going to do full-time ministry online or maybe there could be something with books or that kind of stuff. I never thought I would be a pastor, but now that I look back, I see God's hand upon my life training me for this position. And it was something that, yes, you're absolutely right. If God said out of the blue with no preparation, hey, you're going to be pastor tomorrow, I'd be like, what? No, I can't. Absolutely right. not. But the, right. way it, the way it moved towards that, that point is like it started to make sense. Okay, I can see that I can do this, I have the confidence because of the things I've done leading up to it. And that's not gonna be everyone's story. Like our our goal is not to, to reach a, a, a platform, a position, it's just to be faithful to God. And so if, if faithfulness means that you do what seems to be mundane, but as long as you're faithful, that is how we should measure results. Not it, our, our result measuring should be based on obedience and not you know, how much money we're making, how many followers we have, how it looks to the world, but it should always be, are we being obedient to the call of God upon our life? And then from there, I believe he will bless us to do more, to have different uh, experiences and situations in his timing, right? It's never like, oh, if I just trust God, then he's going to give me this. No, I should trust God, even if he doesn't give me this. That should be our mindset. Yeah, and and so often, you know, our minds go one direction and we think that this is where God's leading us to and we see an end goal in our minds and oftentimes it's so far from what God's actual end goal was. And every time you look back, of course, you can see where God was moving you. I remember when I first came to LifePoint Church, only been here, I don't know, six months or something, um, had gotten involved in the uh, the worship ministry here i wasn't leading it or anything and i remember sitting in church and just having like this word of knowledge um imparted to me as i was praying and i just knew that nathan pastor nathan was gonna ask me to lead something uh i hadn't had any conversations with him about this whatsoever hmm. i just knew he was just about to and later that week uh, he called us and, and, and Chris, he and Christy came over to our house and, uh, that's when he asked me to, uh, come on as part-time worship leader at the time. And I remember going home, uh, that Sunday before he asked and 
we had come out of uh, another church, been super involved, and we had moved and all this different stuff. And we were kind of um, getting involved slowly and taking our time. And so uh, we were a little bit hesitant in, in just jumping straight in uh, to another church right away. And I remember praying with my wife and both of us just feeling super um super sure that God was calling us to say yes to whatever Nathan was going to ask. I didn't know if he was going to ask us to lead a small group. I didn't know if he was going to ask us to do this or that. Um, and so uh, when he did ask that, our, our answer was, of course, yes. And that was a small step in uh, heading in the direction that w- where I am today. And uh, so I think, you know, whatever, I think faith is just being willing to do whatever God tells you at the moment. And sometimes I think it's crazy. And other times it's just, it's one step at a time and it leads you down a path that in the end is much further than you thought. Yeah. I remember um, uh, in the early days of our marriage, a couple years, we had uh, our son, he was one and a half and uh, we felt led to uh, that God was calling us to India. And so uh, we contacted the missions organization and went through all these different things. And, and the interesting thing was we faced so much opposition from uh, close family and friends. Uh, their main opposition was that how could God be calling? And this is something that multiple people said over and over. I don't believe that God is calling you to take your one and a half year old to India. Mm. I'm like, what? Well, how, how is that even a thing? Like, if God is calling that to me, how are you so confident to say that? Like, have you, like, gone before this, uh, before the Lord in prayer? And, and, um, and like, do you think that I am not counting the cost? Um, and in reality, counting the cost of not following the Lord mm-hmm. is so much higher than uh, everything that you might possibly lose, Right. We, we, we got rid of all everything, right? We, we left a couple boxes of our possessions. That was the only thing that we owned anymore left in, a, you know, my parents' uh, garage or something. And we got rid of everything else, no vehicles, nothing, and, and moved over to India. And so, that is something. I mean, that is, it does seem crazy to lots of people, but it was... One small step at a time, you know, contacting uh, missions organizations, finding the opportunity, seeing where God was calling us, taking the next step, fundraising, do all this. It wasn't just, well, okay, tomorrow I'm getting on a plane and going. It was, you have to still go through all these different things to reach the place that God is calling you to, and then believing that, um, you know, in what God has already shown you. Then after we were there in India, and we came back, we believed that God was going to call us back there for full-time ministry. And as we as we prayed, it became clearer to us that God was having us go in a different direction. So, you never know where God is going to call you next, but I, I just encourage everybody that, you know, you can, you can say no to the Lord. You know, it's clear in the Bible that uh, you can quench the Holy Spirit in some way. And... Um, you know, in your own life and being used, God will achieve his purposes, however he sees fit. Um, But I think our greatest joy is, is serving the Lord is being used by the Lord. And so that starts with saying 
yes to whatever God places in front of you. I think it's also dangerous to, on the extreme side of, you know, walking by faith without seeking God and being prayerful. You know, if someone heard, hears your story and be like, I want to be like Joe and go to India. I'm going to book a plane tomorrow and go there. But God didn't but call God you never to called do that. you to do it. Then you're like, well, I just trust God. I just have faith. It's like, no, you, you really don't have faith in God at that point. You have faith in just this nebulous concept that God will always protect you when you're not under his protection, under his will at that point. And so, I think we have to be very careful of just doing whatever the flight of fancy we have and just assuming that God's in it. Uh, even Proverbs talks about how we make our plans and then ask God to bless them afterwards. Like we have to make sure that God is in it. And then once he's in it and then, yeah, do, make those steps, do those things, but still be, uh, still have the wisdom that God's given you. Like when you, when you took all those steps on your, on your trip, when, uh, and when I started my online ministry, like I had to learn a bunch of stuff. I had to go through the process of, of seeking out what it means to actually have a website and a podcast, that kind of stuff. But, um, I would say too, with, with, with faith, you know, it's one of the, uh, pieces of the armor, you know, a shield of faith. And when you think about it, it's, it's a, it's a defensive weapon, which blocks the, uh, arrows of the enemy, the fiery arrows of the enemy. And I think fear is an enemy of faith for sure. You know, we could walk by faith or we could walk by fear. We could be driven by our faith or we could be driven by fear. Fear is an enemy of God because if you're fearful, you're not in complete uh, confidence in God. Um, and so, we have to make sure we're not driven by fear when we make our decisions because if we're driven by fear, if God's calling you to do something, you're going to think of a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do it instead of, okay, if God's in it, if I have peace about it, now I can move forward, even if it's going to be, I, sh I would say, especially because it's going to be maybe uncomfortable, maybe something out of what you consider something you quote can do, which is also a lie because you can do all things if it's according to God's will, and he's calling you to do it, he'll give you the strength in that moment, even if you don't feel you're, you're quote ready. Um, and so, I think we have to be very careful about being fearful about moving forward uh, instead of having our faith secured in, in Jesus. Yeah. You know, I want to go back a little bit um, to what you said about, you know, just jumping in and doing something with, and then asking God to bless it. I think one thing that's really important about that is to remember that, uh, you know, going to the ends of the earth to disciple and to baptize, that is what God has already called us to do. So, um, I think that I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I think lots of people go the other direction and say, until God has hmm. uh, specifically told me to go somewhere, um, that then I'm supposed to just be where I am and work a normal job and, and that kind of things. And that's just not the case because God has already told you, you know, to go to the ends of the world earth if you're not involved in discipling people if you're not involved in baptizing people and i the interesting thing is when you do follow the lord i find that uh then his guiding becomes much more clear when you are just saying no all the time especially like if you have walls up in your life and there are things that you have not submitted to the lord for example let's say um, your finances are not submitted to the lord well you're already saying no to the Lord in your finances because are you willing to sell everything and go if God calls you? Um, if you're not, then you're already saying no to him and you're not even going to hear that call if you're not submitted to him, right? Same thing with your family. If you value safety above all else, then you're already saying no to the Lord. 
And so really it's interesting when you look at the Bible, you see that uh, the Holy Spirit is guides them, right? There's very often where it, it, it says that the uh, the Holy Spirit guided Paul to certain areas or stopped him, didn't allow him to enter certain areas. And I think that the key is to be in prayer and seeking the guidance of the Lord. It was when they the they were praying together that the Lord said, set aside Paul and Barnabas for me in this way, right? So until that time, they were being discipled. And then they, through prayer and being open to what God had for them, he, uh, he then guided them to then go somewhere else. And so I think the first step in having faith, right? In actually having actions in your life that portray what you say you believe is to submit every part of your life to the Lord and say, I actually believe, Lord, that you have called me to disciple to the ends of the earth. I believe that you have called me to baptize. I believe that you have called me to do these things. I believe that your word is true. I believe that the mission you have given us as your church, as your people, um, it's still going on. And I believe that your promises are true. And so, now that I believe those things, I submit myself to you. And that is when you will hear the Lord's guidance in your life. And until then, if you're just waiting around for the Lord, but not submitting yourself to him, I don't think you're going to ever hear his call. Yeah, that's a good point because, you know, we can get in this mentality like I'm, like you said, sitting around waiting for something miraculous to happen and then God gives me direction. Well, you don't have to pray for the fact of you should love your brother, if you should serve your neighbor, neighbor, if you should forgive your your brother and sister in Christ, you know, those are things that are commanded to us. And so when we're like, well, God didn't tell me to forgive, like he did in the Bible. There's so many commands in the Bible that make it very clear. Now, if you want specific revelation for something in your life, that's what you can pray and go before God about. And, you know, where should I turn down this? Where should I pivot in my life? Um, but I also think there's times and seasons in our life when we just have to be faithful on the path we're on, you know, instead of like always looking for the next job, always looking for something new. Like if God just has you in a season to, uh, you know, shepherd your family, to be a stay-at-home mom, stay-at-home dad, whatever it is, if that's the season you're in, you know, don't look for a way out until God tells you that because be faithful in that, even if it's for some years down the road, because that's where you're, you're called to be. Uh, and so too often we get in this mindset, oh, I want to do something cool. Maybe God has this for me. Maybe God has that for me. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't, right? It's, it's, a, it's an individual process to see where God has you. Because if we try to put, you know, the cart before the horse and we try to get to a position that we're not ready for, um, you know, and sometimes that takes trials. Sometimes it takes things that we have to grow out of. I mean, when we look back at our trials, they're not pleasant at the time. The Bible says that, but they they produce in us perseverance. James talks about consider it joy when you face trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That's James 1.3. And so, uh, perseverance comes by testing our faith. And so, uh, the faith that's not shattered when something terrible happens and we experience grief, but at the same time, we get stronger because of perseverance, because we hold tighter to Jesus throughout that process. And and we like to look at things, you know, success or failure. And oftentimes God will lead us into things that look like failure to us. And I think we're always looking for success. And that's the only thing that 
that God is in, right? But instead, actually, we see that God uses all things for the good of those that love him, and he refines us through fire, right? If you only have good things happening to you, and you succeed in everything that you do, um, that that's not... That's not refining you through fire, right? Yeah. The the Lord is interested in growing you and and making you more like Jesus, um, as well as using you to reach others. And so um, that's a painful thing. And so lots of the things that God will lead you into are storms. I mean, yeah. for for your growth, for your good. In the end, I see. Uh, I like to think about Paul because. Um, we like to think about Paul as like the super missionary, right? Mm-hmm. He just goes here and does this and then goes over there and does that. But if you actually look at Paul's missionary journey, how many years it, it took to do different things, you know, how long traveling was, how long he stayed in certain areas. Like there were periods of time where all that we know is Paul was going to the synagogue and preaching once a week and making tents like, that's all we know about that time. I'm sure he was doing other things, but like, it doesn't seem that glamorous. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem that crazy. And there's all these other times where it's like he gets shipwrecked and then he does this and he's going before kings and he has all these other different things happen and he raises um, from the dead someone that falls out the window and, and all these different things. It's like boom, 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 boom. And we forget the actual time scale. So, when you look at your own life and you put it together uh, like that, you know, the times that you saw God moving in your life, I think if we wrote it out, just the interesting parts uh, in a lot of our lives, it would look more interesting than yeah. we feel like it is just in, in because we're experiencing every moment, because we're going through years, because we still have to live and provide and raise our families. And, uh, you know, nobody can make time go faster or slower. It goes the same for every person. And so, I think that that's something that, that we forget about, that Living this life isn't even completely submitted to the Lord, isn't just miraculous thing after miraculous thing, even among the disciples. But instead, there might be a period of time where there's a long period where nothing seemingly happens. I mean, how many uh, how, how many stories of martyrs and Christians that have gone to prison for years and years, maybe even possibly in solitary confinement. Like we think about Paul being able to witness, right, to the jailer and to the other peoples in the cell. But there are Christians who have literally gone and not been able to speak to anybody. And it's hard to see how God uses that. But then we get these amazing stories of of their life and uh, what it eventually did, what they learned, how it meant to people. And even the just the book that gets written about them, about this perseverance. And yet when we are that person going through something like that, it is so hard to see God's perspective and uh, and a real perspective on time and what our actions actually mean. Yeah, I think that's true when you read the Bible. There's so many people that are highlighted for maybe one act, but then their whole life, I think about their whole life of faithfulness. Like, what did that look like on the day-to-day, the things we don't know about? When you hear about a king that had 40 years of honoring God, but that's all you see about that passage. Like, what? That was 40 years. That's a long time. What happened? You know, we think about Enoch who walked with God and then he was taken. 
I think he was 350 years old or something like that. So, what happened? Right. How did he walk with God what, back then? Yeah, you what know? does like, that look like? So, I, I love Abel because how often do we talk about Cain and Abel, right? And Abel, we don't almost know anything about him except for that he brought a good offering. Yeah. Cain didn't. And Cain got mad at him and killed him. And here he is in, in Hebrews 11. By faith, Abel uh, brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous mm. when God spoke well of his offerings. He, I don't know, like, I don't think that he would feel like, that he did like some great thing. He literally yeah. offered a good offering and then got killed. And here he is an example of faith. Um, he didn't know he was going to be persecuted for his offering. He didn't, you know, know that Cain was going to kill him. It, it's not like, uh, you know, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego uh, when they, uh, they knew, right. If they stood up for their, their, their God, and they did not bow down to the uh, statue that they were going to be killed. Like that can, that's like, you hold that up as a golden, uh, like the um, kind of example of faith, right? They're going to die if they do this, right? And then they, they believed that it was important that God was calling them to do this and that uh, their fear of God was higher than man. Even though they uh, they were going to die, God said, do not, do not fear the ones that can kill your body, but uh, the one that can kill your your soul. And, um, and so, in Abel, we don't even have that. He just, by faith, made a good offering, right. right? And I think that's really an important thing to remember because there's so many people that when nobody's looking, may not uh, have faith, right? Yeah. And, and uh, but then when they have the appearance, right? When there's an opportunity for appearance, maybe that's a little more motivating for them because it looks like they have faith. But uh, faith is just, it's the, it's the core of what you actually believe about God. Yeah. And I want to end with this topic of faith. Uh, you know, you think about Jesus said, if you have faith, it can move mountains, right? We talk, we talk about that. But I like what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13 too. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and I, if I have faith, it can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So uh, we need faith. We need love. Uh, we need the fruit of the Spirit active in our life. And I uh, hope you enjoyed this conversation on Pastor Talk. Pastor Joe and myself, and we want to thank Behringer Tools as for always being a proud sponsor of this podcast. Very we generous, could not sponsor. do it without them. And Joe, I had hardwood flooring done in my house recently, and I made sure I had installers that only had Behringer Tools with them. And let me tell you, they got done early and accurate, and my floors now have a lifetime promise guaranteed. And I tried to scratch them. I no. tried. I tried my best. You could try as much as you want. It and won't happen. It did not scratch. It was shining back at me. And that is the Behringer promise. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Pastor Talk.